There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action today is a little bit of wine. Okay. You're going to call me out? (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to, it's a little, a few sips while we talk about some some very big topics. Yeah, we're going to talk about parenting. So you are the stereotypical suburban housewife drinking a glass of Chardonnay, just trying to make it through the day. I totally get it. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for this. (laughs) Great. Great. <laughs> Just great. Yeah, I don't think that I'm really uh, blowing the lid off of anything if you follow Centaurian social media. Yeah, that's uh so, I am authentic and I am who I am. Yeah. I'm gonna lean into it. Let's let's go. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. So, speaking of what is that what was that? Desperate housewives. Speaking oh, yeah. of uh, desperate house husbands, <laughs> desperate parents. <laughs> Parenting in general, it's it's been a it's been a it's been a really interesting time um, as we as a society have been uh, really questioning everything. Yes, questioning yeah. how we um, where we work. We work remotely. We work uh, at office. Uh, some kind of a hybrid relationship there. We've been questioning how we police our communities. Mm. Uh, how we should receive our news, and we've been thinking a lot about how we educate our children. Yep. Um, so there, there we are. Let's 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 talk about that. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that. I preface this with I don't have kids, um, but I do. I've worked. Uh, I've had the privilege of working at a number of uh, kind of education organizations foundations, think tanks. Um, and so I know like the power of educators. And so I recently did a uh, principal for a day through the city of Phoenix. And uh, this principal, he was great. Um, I was talking to him about like, uh, how's it going? He's, he's going to retire at the end of the year. And I was just like, why, why are you retiring? And he, he knows, he said, candidly, the jobs has become so, um, it's become kind of hard because there's not overreach and he would, and I don't want to put words in his mouth or, or speak for him, but the idea that educators aren't allowed to do their jobs uh and that was really it i I was reflecting on that driving home um because it's 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 one of those things where um i guess professional sports would be another thing but one of the things where like there's experts or people who have done this but there's always commentary around it so i think about what's happening right now in schools with curriculum and parents being able to weigh in and educators being like i've taught this for 20 years i have the background i have the pedigree i have the pedagogy and the fact that you because you've read something believe that or saw something on the news that you know more than I do about how to teach your kids. Um, that's something that like it's been fascinating to me and just talking to parents, uh, I've gotten some mixed like mixed thoughts on that. But yeah, I wanted to open up the conversation on on that. Like should not should, because parents should be able to be a, a big a part of their um, their kids' education. But this idea of like around curriculum and what they're being taught, it's like it's it's I think what the, the, and we're going to use this word all the time, trigger, the trigger in me is that um, 
I'm, I'm someone that like really, really deeply uh, believes in kind of expertise. Um, and so like if you're, uh, you have you know, an MBA in finance and you're the CFO, it's like, who am I to tell you um, that? And so when we think about education, it always seems like teachers are not respected for their expertise. It's like they, they, they for the most part, um, it's a, every 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 profession has some folks that aren't good, but like for the most part, understand like what your kid should be learning. Um, and for some parent to come in and say like absolutely not, um, it's all it's 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 fascinating to me. And also like, I'd imagine it'd be very frustrating to be an educator given that kind of new lens on on everything. A really really fair point. Thank you. That's interesting, and I think valuable insight into the principle you talked about and the frustrations that he or mm-hmm. she was experiencing. So, I am a parent. I've got uh, two boys, six and three years old. They're so cute. They are so cute. Um, nice young men. They're so, nice young men. as a parent, there there's a lot going on here. I think that maybe one of the things that sparked this conversation was was it the the uh the person in charge of education for the government secretary of education they said parents aren't responsible the school is oh no i i well sure they did they did say that that's not what made me think about this but yeah that sure that's a yeah, that is an ongoing sentiment yeah 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 and believe it or not the people who are more conservative and want small government said hold your horses there sir it is, you are, I, I as a parent have plenty of responsibility, mm. not all the responsibility for the education of my child. And it is not, the state does not have the right or the role to think that it's their job or their prerogative or whatever the term might be it, uh, to take that off my plate as a parent. Mm. So I think it's a, we can talk about it's a fundamental question is who's responsible yeah i think for it, for for me and my life am i the individual or is the government yeah um i think from an education standpoint then i for those folks and i think the i think when you look at it like a, a, a kind of a macro view of education i would i would say that for the most for a lot of people schools are parents and I don't think it should be that way, but it's de facto where they are. It's like where where kids spend a lot of their time, where they're getting their meal, where they're learning these uh, these things. And so, I think as a country, uh, actually, I would step step back as another not parent. As a country, the parents have to decide like what do you want schools to be, and then like then make that choice. Because I I think there's broad strokes on either side. It's like, do you want your want schools to have to take care of every need of your kid? Because that's what teachers are burnt out from. It's like I have to be the chef, I have to be the mom, I have to be the dad, I have to be the counselor, I have to be the therapist. And then you're going to tell me that, like, that's not my job, then what do you want me to do with your kids? So I think as a society, people have to figure out what is the actual role of schools and then go forth with that. I think that that's right. And I think that that's the answer to to everything is what really ought to be going on. What should be happening. What is the correct thing? What is true? And how can we move closer to that? Yeah. And this is also a broader conversation. There's not ever going to be a perfect yep. utopia. And I think that that's a massive problem that we're struggling with as a society right now, not to get too far off the beaten path, but- Is that like people think that there's a like a perfect 
something, yeah. and it just doesn't. It's never going to happen. It's Not never going to happen. Three hundred million people. Just, yeah, it never happens. It's, it's never going to happen no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Utopia never will never happen. Yeah. Even the Garden of Eden. There's, there's still a snake there, yep, 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 right? Yep, yep. So they couldn't get that one right. We're not going to get it right. right. So let's stop pretending, pretending that it's going to be happen. perfect. I agree with that. Yep. So whether it's my kid's doctor, my kid's teacher, my kid's coach, at every level, I partner as a parent. Partner, love that. To help love that. raise a happy, healthy, responsible citizen. That's what I want. I want my kids to be independent, loving, caring, productive, happy, successful, whatever they want to be. So I will turn them loose and they will pursue their lives as I've had the opportunity to pursue mine. So, and, and it's my job. I'm, I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. I'm essentially CEO of my minor child's life. Now, I have all these subcontractors, certainly school is a really, really, really important one yeah. because they spend a lot of time there. Now, if the school is good and they're doing their job and I understand what they're trying to do and they're delivering, I'm never going to tell them that they're doing a bad yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. If they're not, well, then I'm going to have a gripe. We're going to have a conversation Ooh, about What it. do you think would be something that, uh, and your kiddos aren't in like grade school yet, but they, they soon will be, what do you think would be one of the things that would make you like reach out to the school and be like, we need to talk about this. I'm there's, serious. There's an absolute million things. Oh, really? Okay, gotcha. For sure. Okay. For sure. If they started giving up participation trophies. Oh. Don't well, schools just not, do that in general? I, I don't know. Okay, gotcha. And if they do that, then I won't be okay with that. Good, okay. I'm not interested in in teaching about hot-button issues. I'm not interested in, in having my teachers talking about sex of any kind with my child when he's not old enough to have conversations about that kind of thing. I'm not interested in them talking too much about political type issues, um, unless it's a political science type class. I'm not interested in ideologies of any kind. I'm interested in them teaching the subject um, that they are assigned to be teaching. Gotcha, okay. So there's a lot of things, and I'm very, very interested in the success of my child, which is why I think that it's my job to do that. Do you think, if you were to pull, or just think about the folks that are around you, like the parents that are around you, do they, where do you think you fall on the spectrum of like, it's school's job versus the parent's job? Or do you think people are pretty much aligned with you or do you have people all across the... I, ma- I imagine that there's, a, the the people that, um, where my kid goes to school, I think are much more interested and active and involved with, gotcha. um, with their kids. And that just is what it is. We want to label that privilege or something like that. That's all fine and well. I, I don't. I don't care. That's just my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. That's what I believe to be correct. So I be, So when I hear um, a professional say we're really burned out, we're not compensated enough. Mm. That may very well be true, mm-hmm. and that teachers make what they make. Um, I don't know that we're having that, that that's the point of this conversation necessarily, but I think it's an indictment of of the system. 
Yeah, and I think it also goes back to actually it does tie back to the conversation of like what do you want teachers to be because I do think if teachers were just your uh, curriculum leads and they guide them through that I, I think teachers would be like great I would love that job but so much of my job I'm speaking as a teacher is like I have to deal with this happening at, at home <laughs> or I have to deal with uh, the student doing XYZ so I think it's it's very nuanced and complicated and um, yeah I, I'd love to I'd love to get kind of a God, I'd love to do a poll of like as a parent parents where do you feel like the, the what do you think the role of an educator and school is I'm sure that that poll exists but I'd be curious to know like what, what most Americans think because there is a there's a disconnect there's a disconnect of like folks saying you know don't tread on me and my family and other folks are saying like this is your job to do this so it must be hard to kind of figure out where, the, where that where that middle ground is yeah for sure and you lump all those extra responsibilities on a teacher and they're not necessarily equipped. equipped. They don't have the resources or the training or the desire because they didn't sign up for it. Talking about our last conversation, um, these are the expectations right. you had going into the field, which you'd be an educator and the yeah. teacher, not the daycare. Not a social worker. Or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, yes. What? Um, so if you think about the idea of kind of over because what what brought it to my mind was like this idea of overreach from the parent to the educator and it could be educator to the parent but like talk to me about some examples or some things that you're seeing around overreach on either side might be the government might be business might be individuals talk to me about overreach just in general in general what are you saying i know it's something you're probably very passionate about george (laughs) (laughs) well i like to think that most things that i have an interest in I'm, i'm passionate about and i mean we're just coming off the example of the biggest government overreach in the history of the United States of America. What happened? Just COVID. Oh, gotcha. And gotcha. the the and the vaccine. It was without question the largest overreach ever. Why do you think it's overreach? Because there's absolutely no way, no way, that the government should mandate that I take hmm. anything and put it in my body. Especially not something that has any that we did absolutely no testing on. That there was any 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 due diligence done on at all. And Do you now, think? And, and now we're seeing all that being unwound. We just uh, New York just yesterday came back and said you have to reinstate all the employees you fired. Oh yeah, I did see that. And yeah. give them their back pay. Well, you're going to see that all over the place because it was absolute overreach. Do you think it could? Be, do you think it would be overreach if the government said you have to do this to receive like government benefits or things like that? You have to take a. You have to be vaccinated to receive to be, to to work for a federal agency. Do you think that's overreach? That's a good question. Hmm. That one I don't know. Hmm. And I'll, I'll think about that as I'm sort of talking through. I mean, I my my feeling is that 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 government is there to to protect my individual rights. That's what their job is. Mm -hmm. It's not to tell me what to do. It's not to tell me what to put in my body. It's not to tell me where I can work or where I can't work or anything like that. So you're right. I I am super passionate about this. And so the only reason they have any fucking money is because I give it to them. And (laughs) because you give it to them. That's true. So it's overreach. Everything that's going on right now is overreach. They send billions of dollars wherever they're sending it to Ukraine you have I have no idea where that money is going. You don't have any idea where that money is going. There's no plan, at least not that we've been that's anybody shared with us. 
what the end game of that is. Yeah. All we know is that something is still going on over there, and it's leading to nuclear war potentially. So that's not good. Yeah. But when we have school shootings, and we just sent fifty billion, hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine, like you tell me, we can't put up bigger fences or hire security guards at every school in America for that amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that we for sure could, or we can't fix the fact that in Mississippi you can't drink the fucking water yeah, or in great. Flint, Michigan you can't drink the fucking not water great, and you're sending all this money over there you're sending my money over there that's overreach yeah I'll go with you on that yeah. I mean it's it's all overreach so you're going to tell me that it's your it's not my response it's, it's the government's job to, to educate my kids well no it's not what would buddy. you say to what would you say to someone that's like well if you don't want government involved you can just homeschool your kids well i have the choice to if you want to do whatever yeah i I do i i'm not worried about the government educating my kids i'm not complaining about that i'm not you but like if someone yeah yeah. you think that's kind of the the best alternative no i don't i think that uh i i i think that it is the responsibility of our public education system to provide the education based on the curriculum that we all decided on. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, so the idea that, that, and I don't, maybe the gentleman misspoke, the Secretary of Education misspoke, or maybe he went on to qualify his statements a little bit more, but to say it's our job, it's not the parent's responsibility to educate, or whatever it was that he or she said, that he said, I think it's a guy. Um, that to me is just couldn't be more, couldn't be farther from the truth. What would you so we talked about government and like individuals what are your thoughts of like the the role of community so can communities overreach probably okay i mean anything's possible yeah, yeah. i mean think about and that that's a really important thing and that's something that i'm glad you're reminding me of you have done just extensive work with nonprofits that are committed to and working to address all these different issues about education and childcare and opportunities and homelessness and hunger, you right? Yeah, all There's of those. So yeah. many, so many resources that are available. So that is just one more reason to say no. It's not the government's, government's job. Yeah. We as a society here in Phoenix, Arizona, in, in this neighborhood where we are in Phoenix, I guarantee there's lots of services that are tailored and designed, created tailored and designed to serve the unique needs of our population. We have a lot of, I I imagine, a lot of young people, a lot of students that are Spanish speaking because we have a large Latino population in Arizona. Therefore, we need probably more Spanish teachers than they need in um, someplace where there's not as quite as many Latino students. Greencastle, Indiana. For example, like Greencastle (laughs) or Valparaiso or Duluth, Minnesota. Yes. You know, I don't know if we have too many Spanish-speaking uh, students in elementary school in, in, in Duluth. Um, at least back when I was there, we did not. So, yes, I think that it's, it's, and that's, again, small government, states, local government, that's where all the decision-making power yeah, should so really yeah, lie. Yeah. Not so much this massive bureaucracy at the federal level that's going to make decisions, you know. Do you not think that um, kind of the scale of the federal government, because I think uh, 
I would, I would tweak what you said. I think that kind of the social ills, the problems have to be actually kind of like three prong. I think there's the government, there's the there's private sector, and then there's um, kind of this like the, the, the third space, which is like nonprofit or whatever that might be, have to work together. I don't think any one of them should be uniquely positioned or tasked with homelessness or education. But I do think the government has a role. I do think nonprofits has a role. I think private industry has a role. Um, that like not any one of them is going to do it. Not, not not any one of them can do it or should do it. So I think it's kind of a, a, a mix of all three. 100%. Yeah. So the overreach, another one of the overreaches is an absolute underreach because they're, they, the federal government is overreaching in so many areas, but they've decided to take their hands off. And, yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and, and just not prosecute criminals anymore. Yeah. So that to me is preposterous, absolutely preposterous, that I can now, that I can't feel comfortable in major cities in the United States when they're releasing criminals. Um, so you think there should be kind of a reevaluation, reevaluation of like federal priorities? It's like, what are you tasked to do? We'll go back to the conversation around responsibilities and expectations. What are you supposed to be doing? Are you doing it? Realigned to doing those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never so, thought about that. Yeah, I saw a campaign uh, poster or sign. It said, "You know, secure border, safe streets." Da, da, da. I'm like, those should be fucking table stakes. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's just the, the job. That's <laughs> the job. Yeah, yeah. Right. I need shelter. I yeah, need yeah. to make sure that yeah. roving roving bands of you know criminals aren't going to come and, and steal my stuff. Yep. That's why we have societies. Yep. We have laws. I mean, and that we're drifting away from that. I just, that, I have not heard anybody that can explain in a way that makes sense to me how that's good. Yeah. So you have priorities again. What are our priorities? The things that we're focused on, I just, I couldn't disagree with more. People are so excited about abortion and I don't, I'm happy to talk about that. I don't know that that's on the agenda for today. Um, <clears throat> but we have so many other issues also. And if you're voting just based on that, mm. yeah, that, that's that, a, that's yeah. super, it, I, I'm not making a judgment. I just think that that's really interesting that that is such a hot button issue and you're a, a one issue voter. Yeah. That, that's you. And you've yeah. thought that all the way through. Well, then let it rip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's an odd one to me. Yeah, uh, and we can—I mean, we can get into the political stuff. But I do think that, um, for me, especially as of lately, going into this next election, thinking about like what are the what are like what are the priorities like of my mind? Uh, what are the priorities of like most voters? What are most people care about? And it's like they want to be able to like pay their bills and they want to be safe. And I'm like let's let's to your point, table stakes. Like let's cover that first whichever candidate like whichever side you're on if you can do that you're probably going to get people to kind of rally behind you but to your point there's so many other things ancillary outside of that where it's just like why why are these conversations want to make sure that people are you know prospering and they, they feel safe and that their their kids are doing well like that's that's what people really want here in the united states of america can i wake up have a glass of water out of the tap let my <laughs> kids walk to school safely have them be educated in a way that's not indoctrinating them into some kind of an ideology, have them return home safely, and we have enough food to eat. Is that possible everywhere? No, not everywhere, no. Not. no, 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 you're right, no, it's not, yeah. 
It's in not, the majority of our major cities, it's not yep, possible. You're, right. you're very right. Crazy. Yeah. And we're talking about what? Yeah. It, I mean, fucking sending money to Ukraine? What the yeah. fuck is going on here? You make a good point. That's a great point. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a really good point. I agree with you. And you got this fucking asshole in Ukraine. We need, you need to send us more money to solidify our border and protect our cities. Like, fuck you, asshole. Right. <laughs> I do remember now, like, this is taking me back to my college days. I remember doing a paper on, like, and it might have been, like, the over, like, it was specifically was, is the United States supposed to be the world's, like, police and big brother? And my argument was, like, no. Like, we're, it's not our job to, like, yeah, you want to keep peace as long as it makes sure that, you know, to make sure that we're safe. But, like, that's not... My job is not to make sure that you guys are... That may sound crass, but, like, <laughs> we are not there to protect the world. Although some people think we are. But then that goes to the conversation originally around overreach. And I think what, I, what I'm hearing from this conversation is that there, there's probably going to be folks on the other side uh, of, like, this is what the government's role is. That's probably different than yours. That's probably different from mine. And I don't think there's ever a way to kind of... <laughs> unfortunately, there's probably not a way to kind of figure out what the actual answer is and kind of go forth. It's just going to be this messy piece where everyone's everyone's dissatisfied. Which is life. Which is fine. Yeah. I'm not... I was just thinking about this the other day. I thought... We need to get to a place where we're interested in actually figuring it out yeah. instead of just trying to win. Ooh. Because everybody just wants Ooh. to fucking win. Figure it out versus win. I agree with that. I mean, look, look, look at, I mean, it's all so, it's disgusting. You got this, I mean, I've, and I, I'll be honest, I don't feel bad for that Fetterman guy and this ableist thing. Oh, I mean, gotcha. that to me is, it's preposterous. He is not capable yeah. of being a United States senator. Yeah. And they, whoever is responsible for the Democratic Party and running candidates, are doing this knowing full well he is not capable of doing it. Yeah, that was Because if they pulled him out, they would not have a chance of winning. They're only interested in winning. And there's Republican, too. You know, I, I think that Republicans and Democrats have equal culpability. They're both parties without rudders and they are just drifting along trying to win instead of actually I'm figuring it out figuring i you're, it you're out. totally right that's a great yes yeah that's so true so we've talked a lot about the importance of being able to have conversations about things and ugh, all this deplatforming and you know you you're not in a position to talk or you can't say, yeah. oh, okay. Or that's not helpful. That's not going to get us to where we need to go. I, um, I read, well, gosh, maybe in the last two months, read a book called, uh, conversations with the people who hate me, mm -hmm. which is super fascinating. It's a, it was a quick synopsis, a, uh, kind of a, a guy podcaster out of New York. They got a bunch of hate mail, uh, around the 2016 election, maybe 2016 election and decided to reach out to people and have conversations like this. And what he found was like, once they started talking, what you said not too long ago, they're like, Oh, like, this is why and not, you don't hate me, but we just think differently. And it was really, it was actually really good. And it's a good commentary on cancel culture. It's like, you actually just need to get to the individual level and like talk to people uh, and like get, get really in there and see that they probably don't hate you or they, the thing that they said on behind the, the screen of the internet might've been crass or they were trolling. But at the end of the day, they don't, they don't want you dead. Uh, they just have a very different thing. And it was, I, it was actually a really good read and I, I, I suggest everyone do it. Um, 
there's a piece in there that's uh there's a chapter called uh god empathy is not endorsement which i thought was so powerful which is like you can empathize with someone like i can not i can i can understand where you're coming from but that doesn't mean i agree with it or i'm saying that it's okay Hmm. But I can understand why you made that decision. I can understand why you said that. I can understand why you did that. I'm not agreeing with it. I'm not saying that it was okay. But I get it. Uh, and he did a really good, the author does a really good job of saying, like, yeah, I met with someone who said these terrible things. But once I talked to them, it was like, ah, I understand, given, like, where you grew up, how you grew up, uh, what happened to you, why you would say that behind that. And I, I thought it was such a powerful book. It was so good. Yeah, that's, that's super powerful. I love that. Empathy is not an endorsement. Two things can be true at the same time. Yep. Very true. Very true. I'm curious. So two boys, two kiddos. And when they're, say, 21, so 15, 16 years from now, what do you think are going to be like the the conversations that are going to keep them up at night? I imagine they'll all be pretty similar. Yeah, they'll probably be the same. Old old things are new. And we are, uh, and myself included, not well read enough to come to the realization that we've been having these conversations for a really, Forever. really, 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 yeah. really long time. Yeah. Like literally since the yep, 1600s, have yep, yep, we been going through a lot of these kinds of conversations about government is too big. Um, like I was just researching and reading a little bit about this. And yeah, I, I totally agree that when you actually are able to have an interpersonal communication or conversation with another human being, you realize you probably have way more in common yep. you want. A safe place, raise your kids, clean water to drink, yeah. and you want to be able to watch Netflix and chill and catch a buzz on a Saturday night, man, get laid, or, or uh, whatever. We're all more similar than we We're are We're all different. the same, yeah. And we need to do the work. Mm. We need to do the work and figure out for ourselves what we think about these things, and not just parrot talking points that you heard somewhere else. If you have actually thought about and worked your way through these issues, then awesome. Then let it fly. But do the work. Think about what you think about, you know, the conversations that the conversations Tari and I have been having. You might think that I'm totally wrong, and that's fine. Um, I, I think you've actually been I'm, very measured. I think that I'm totally wrong on a lot of things. And the thing is, I'm, I'm constantly learning, and I'm constantly yeah. thinking about these things because I allow myself to think about these things. Right. There's this wonderful quote that I came upon recently. It's like, we we think about things and let our ideas, we, we think about ideas so they can die, so we don't actually die as people. Ah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I butchered it, but that's the thing. So getting in the habit of thinking um, is a super basic and obvious thing, but we don't we don't do it enough. And I know, at least I think, that you are somebody who's always, I know that you're a very thoughtful person, but you've been a writer forever. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I've picked up really over the past two years. And it's just helped me to organize my thoughts. thoughts yeah, get it out there. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot with a question that I'm sure you've thought about, but it might be hard to answer, which is, what's the hardest thing? Because we started this about parenting. What's the hardest thing about being a parent? The hardest thing about being a parent, hmm. well, there, there's there's a lot of, like being a parent's really hard. Mm. Um, it's hard because you have just so much less time. 
Um, you're very, very little time alone. And I'm a person who really likes to be alone. I value my time just by myself to be able to think or do whatever I want to do. So that, that, that might be it. Just no time alone. That's why I have to wake up so early in the morning to get all the things that I want to get done. So I guess it's sacrifice. Ooh, it's really it's good. it's making the sacrifice, which is essentially what parenting is. Is I'm, you know, deciding to give resources to other people versus consuming them myself. So it's the sacrifices, but that's the hardest thing. It's not a hard decision to make. It's an easy decision to make, but it's still a really hard thing. I love that. I think that's um, knowing how in, in, engaged of a dad you are. That's uh, that's that, that's definitely true. Um, want to. Uh, land the plane on what we originally talked about and I'm going to put you on the spot again which would be what would you tell a parent who feels they're an educator's overreaching and what would you tell an educator that feels a parent is overreaching I discovered um, when I was like 23 years old I became the chapter advisor to a fraternity at Arizona State University nice. and um, it was a wonderful, a terribly awesome, awesomely terrible experience because it was the opposite of my fraternal experience. Mm. I went to a school of 3,000 kids where we didn't have any alumni involvement at all, okay? And we were never in trouble. We had all the autonomy in the world to do things the yep. way we wanted to, and we did it really well, and so we were successful. Uh, it was the opposite. There was all this alumni, lots of cooks in the kitchen, lots of alumni involvement, and the, the kids were not doing everything great and awesome, and they were in trouble at the university. Oh, okay. And I discovered that my value was being the bridge in between the alumni, the undergraduates, and the university. And I worked to have a really, really open and honest, as honest as possible, dialogue and communication with all those parties and not, not try to bullshit them, not try to manipulate them. And so that taught me that I got, I, really, we had a lot of success. Mm. We, it was really a ton of success. It was one of the most rewarding things I've, I've done and still have really great friendships because of my time um, doing that. I did it for about five years. So as a parent, it's essentially the same thing. You have a teacher who is I don't care if they're at a public school or they're wherever they are. It's it, it's a lot. It's a really really difficult job, mm. and for the most part, I, I, at least all the teachers that I've ever worked with, they're doing the best that they can. You're trying the best, yeah. And they're dealing with tiny monsters, or <laughs> children who are doing their best, but they don't have control over their emotions, and you know they have impulse control and everything else, and they're going to come home and tell you some kind of a story. And I'm going to think, oh, my gosh, what, what that other kid did that to you or the teacher said that. Yeah. Well, the truth somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And um, so it's a function of what we've been talking about. You've touched on a bunch of times, figuring out what the boundaries are, figuring out what the expectations are and um, and doing your best to keep that line of communication open and honor um, what the teacher wants and be honor, honor what my kid wants and make sure that I am doing the best that I can to position everybody for success because I am not interested in getting in there and teaching the class as long as I know that teachers, you know, doing the best they can and they're professional and I'm okay with the curriculum. Um, and I'm not trying to change the curriculum. I just don't want any red flags 
then it's it's all about how can I you know position everybody for success and then make corrections as necessary. Love that, love that. Thanks for sharing. That's good for sure. Good. Okay. Well, there you go. Excellent thoughts, Centauri. I think we covered a lot of ground, and thank you I for bringing that, it all man. the way back around. Um, thanks for for all your thoughts. I, I love that empathy is not an endorsement, and you know we talked about COVID, and we talked about abortion, and we talked wow, covered a lot of ground, George. We're we're really good at this. We're so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> thanks as always for listening. Um, remember, keep questioning because the struggle is real.